Welcome to the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. I'm your host, Nicole, and this podcast is your guide to start creating a lifestyle by design. From entrepreneurship, money and finance, taxes and residencies, and everything in between, this show highlights the nuances of a true global citizen lifestyle. Let's dive in. Welcome back to another episode of the Work, Wealth, and Travel podcast. So in today's episode, Cami and I are going to be talking about our little life update. So Cami was recently somewhere really, really beautiful that I would love to explore. So I want to hear more about that. And I just arrived to a brand new country. So we're going to be diving into a little life update for travel, business, all of the things for each of us. Cami, start us off. So I was recently in Marseille and in Nice here in the south of France. So I have backstory, like a huge backstory. Before moving to Paris, one of the cities that I thought about moving was Nice. It was like one of my, like the top cities that me and my partner were thinking about going because it's a mixture of kind of like beach vibes, but it's also very... And also has this more city kind of like cosmopolitan lifestyle. So it's a good blend of the more modern and technological cosmopolitan way of living with the beach, more laid back, chill kind of vibes. So and it's in France, which is a country that I really, really enjoy and the language is easier for me and everything. We were strongly considering going there, but for several like several different reasons we couldn't we we weren't able to find a place nothing felt really aligning but it's still a city that is very dear to my heart I really really love it and it is really really beautiful it's not that big of a city to be honest I love it but at the same time for me there's something that I always feel like it's missing I don't know why I feel like it's maybe like big city vibes aspect of it but the landscape is beautiful the oh like the sea and the ocean is amazing the vibes are really good people are so so nice there like they're way nicer than in Paris um they're like nice French people you know they're really I don't know just happy with life they're really polite and things like that so yeah it's just a really nice vibe and we just went because he's actually thinking of investing in Marseille which I would not recommend to anyone who is thinking about going to the south of France we just went there for one night just because of like him visiting this specific building that he's thinking about investing because like investment wise is a city that is more of a it's not a seasonal city like I would say that Nice is very seasonal in the sense that in summer you get really 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 crowded with tourists and then the and then the rest of the season it's kind of like there's still life going on there. So that's why I, we even thought of going there. But it's not like Marseille is more of like a city city vibe, you know, like it doesn't really stop in winter. So in terms of investing, you know that you, you're going to have someone who is renting your place for a long, long term. And even in during summer, people would still go there because you're close to still a lot of other cities. And in theory, people visit that city. I really disliked it. Like, really, I didn't feel safe. I thought it was really rough. I thought it was a very ugly city. 
even the beautiful parts of it, which there were beautiful parts of it, they were not as beautiful to the point that they would actually make me want to stay for longer. I felt really like a weird energy from the city. And this is something that he himself, he's French, so he had gone there before. He, he told me that as well. I feel like that's a kind of like a common knowledge around Marseille. Personally, I just didn't like it and didn't feel safe, didn't think it was pretty. But we just stayed there for like one night and then we went with the train from Paris to Marseille. In terms of price, we got really good prices. We took the train to Paris from Paris to Marseille was... 25 euros I think per person and then I took a bus from Marseille to Nice that was five euros per person the bus was like disgusting but it was just like a two-hour ride so the train from Paris to Marseille is three hours and a half I would say and then two a little bit from Nice and then we spent two days there in Nice. We ate some really good food. I have some really good recommendations. I even recorded a vlog. So this is something that I did when I was like in Portugal a few years ago. And I don't know why I've had kind of intuition. I don't know. I just wanted to start vlogging again because I just really like them. And I just like, like, I don't know like recording like this small trips or like daily life stuff you know i'm editing the vlog and i think it's gonna take me a long time to, like a few days to edit it and do it like do it revealed with the music and everything but yeah i recorded some of the stuff that we did there some of the really good restaurants that we went there so if you do if you're listening and you want to kind of check out my tips from there i'm gonna post it on my youtube channel which is my name cami minerbu then we stayed for two hours for two days there it was really then from nice back to paris is we paid as also we found like a very cheap plane cheap train 25 euros and then which normal like it's really really cheap because normally it's like 60 70 even 100 from nice to paris or paris to nice but it was like a five hour and a half train ride and it was so keen exhausting when we got to paris i was like i wanted to kill someone we got in at 10 11 p.m and it was just like chaos you know and then you're like welcome to paris but there's something about paris that i really love like i got in the train station i saw like the traffic and every everyone like, was fucking packed but I was like, oh, there's some just something about this city that's so beautiful. It's crazy. No, that's awesome. And I think it's so interesting that Marseille is maybe not super safe because I feel like, I mean, I don't know that much about Paris, but I do feel like it's very romanticized and you think, you know, every city is like beautiful and safe. So it's interesting to hear the actual take when you're there. But it's funny that you mentioned that people are nicer. I think you mentioned nicer in Marseille versus Paris and I we just had celebrated with some of our American friends before we left Santiago like last week American Thanksgiving and some of their roommates were French like all of their roommates were French so there was like three French people there and I was asking her so like what is France like you know like tell me like I don't know just how it's different from Latin America and what you have perceived since being in Chile and the first thing that she said and I found it so funny she was like the stereotype is true the people are so mean not even just to foreigners but even to each other like they're not nice and I was like good to know because you never know unless you've really been there or lived there if it's that's actually the reality or if it's just a stereotype because a lot of things are just stereotypes but she was like no no it's true so I found that kind of funny <laughs> I don't like French people in general 
there's this stereotype that French people, they complain a lot. Like, it's their thing, you know? Like, they do a lot of manifestations, they uh, protest a lot, and they complain a lot. And you did say that. Yeah. <laughs> there's and, always a protest. Exactly. However, I recently, I'm a very, like, observer person, and I observe a lot of humans, like, of behavior, and I recently started thinking about that and as to why French people, they complain so much. And coming from a country, Brazil, that nothing and you can't rely on the government and you can never expect to get something from the government, to get help from the government. Like, really, I grew up with the sensation of it's me and my family. I'm alone. Like, the government is nothing, really. The government and nothing is the same for me. I don't even know what they... Like, for me, it's like almost... What the fuck do they do? Like, why am I money going to them? Because why is my money going to them? Because for me, they do literally nothing. And that is the sensation that I think a lot of Brazilians have. And maybe it's very common in Latin America to think that in maybe other in development countries and maybe under development. I don't know. However, I feel like in Europe, but I can't speak for Europe in general, but I can speak for France since being here, is that you get a lot of things from the government. You get a lot of help from the government. You get a lot of health um, health help pr- from the government. You get a lot of educational help from the government. You get even for foreigners, like I am taking French classes for free. No one asked me if I was European. No one asked me to see my, my uh, address here. No one asked me for fucking nothing. They told me, get the, do this test. This is the time. It's 20 euros for the fee for like the prescription fee and then that's it you get one year of lessons for free twice per week one hour and a half per class like it's a lot of it it would have been a lot of money and this is just like a small thing i know so many people like my partner he was telling he did this internship in vietnam it was paid by the french government so he got money from the french government of course he applied and he had to go like through all of these things and everything but you know, he did it. A lot of education here. You can get it for free or with the support from the government. So when like the government bursts you for a lot of like dermatologists and things like that, like there's a specific system, you know, once you are in the system, you are so, so, so helped by the government. And in general, of course, like the metros, they work, the bus, they work, you know, everything kind of is supposed, the baseline is things here work you are never alone like you are going to be supported in a way and i think that the reason that they complain is because they grow up with such a high expectation with a bar that is so high that when things don't go in a proper way instead of being just great for having the least amount of things they are like no wait things shouldn't be like that you know so Yesterday, for example, we were in the train and the train was really like a shitty train. It was really hot. It was smelly and everything. And then I and my partner was like, oh, my God, this train and everything. I was like, yeah, but at least it was 25 years. And he was like, yeah, but we paid for 25. It's not like it's a free train. That's my Brazilian mentality of, oh, my God, at least I'm getting it for free. Or, oh, my God, at least I'm getting it for like really low price. So I'm not. Who am I to complain, you know, but they have I feel like. They, the, the French people, they have such a thing with their rights that, of, and of course, like if we look at their story and everything, the freedom thing and everything, like that goes even deeper into their culture and everything. But I think that they have such a high bar of expectations of how things should look like and should be and the things that they should get that they don't even care if it's for free or not. 
they things should be delivered in a certain way you know i think that maybe a french person in my free course instead of just accepting everything would be like yeah but this teacher is not delivering this and this and that what should be the you know they would complain about this while i am just grateful because i got it for free yeah it's so interesting i feel like that is sometimes but not always like the kind of like the west mentality of things Um, but it's interesting because like having been with my partner for so long and he is also from latin america kind of seeing that difference um, and you know even when i moved to China, I was thinking, you know, that a lot of the time, like six, seven years ago, I was thinking that most Western countries have a very similar outlook and mindset to then go to China, meet other Canadians, Americans, Australians, British, and realize like, oh my gosh, the way that not, of course, I can't like generalize every single Canadian, but the way that most Canadians are, I find is very different than some other Western cultures. And so it really just showed me that you know, like just because we are all developed country that we still have different mindsets because I would totally agree with you. I would be like, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to like have free French lessons. <laughs> Even if it's so bad, the teacher's so bad that I only like twice. I'm like, they're still free. They're still free. So yeah, it's it's interesting. And I guess that probably has a lot to do that, like you said, with their history and what that has looked like for them, which would be so interesting to dive into. I think that's really interesting, kind of like your experiences and hearing what it's been like for you as a foreigner with a completely different mindset, values, and growing up in a different culture and then going to their culture and really integrating into it for a longer time than any tourist would, per se. Um, But so for me, we just got, what's today? We just got here to Peru like three days ago or something, three or four days ago. It's very new here, but I am so excited to be here. And it's funny because people are like, oh, were you planning like to go to Peru this whole time? And we were in Buenos Aires about three months ago in Argentina. And we found just totally randomly off of the app. And then we went in person to this Peruvian restaurant. And it was like, not the nicest restaurant, like kind of sketchy, but super cheap and the best food I had ever had. And then we ate that meal and I was like, we're going to Peru. So then three months later, here we are in Peru. And literally the one meal that I had at this restaurant, I had like three meals, but the first meal I was like, we are going to Peru. And the food is so good. Like my partner likes it. He loves meat. Like he needs meat at every meal. I only eat fish. I don't eat meat. But we are both like so obsessed with the food. It's so good. It's so inexpensive to get like, we. I want to eat all the local food, only local food while we're here. Cause we're only here for a month and then I'm flying out. So we're not here for that long. So all I want to do is eat the local food. It's a lot of fish too, because it's right on the, oh my gosh, so good. So we have this, we're in, there's two kind of more so foreigner areas um, and it's Miraflores and Barranco. So we're in Barranco and they're both right on the water. It's so You're beautiful. in Lima. In Lima. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Lima. And it's such a beautiful view. We can walk like five minutes and like be on the ocean and like overlook. It's so pretty. Since we're in a really nice area, I'm surprised, but there's a very local market, like a 10 minute walk away from us. So every day we go to the market and we get like the local food and it's huge. You've probably seen it in Brazil too, kind of how they have like those markets and then you get the salad and the rice and the soup. And then today I got like fried fish with a salad and ceviche uh, and then a drink. And I think it was like three and a half to four US dollars for all of this food. And yesterday my partner just ate one meal the whole day and he was full the whole day. It's 
wild. So we're going to probably branch out and try some other places to eat, but we're just like stuck on this market now because the seafood and the fish is so good. And then they have these like creamy, spicy sauces. It's crazy. I've ordered some food on the apps too. And it's also, of course, like fish and all the local food and it's so good. So it's been very exciting doing the food touring, but honestly, I'm questioning how much work or how much touring we're actually going to be able to do while we're here because I have so much work. I have been overwhelmed in a good way, but still like overwhelmed the last few days because it's just work has been wild. I've been messaging clients and just it's been great but there is a lot I don't know how much actual touring we're gonna go we're gonna do it would be great to go to Machu Picchu of course while we're here but we probably have to book that like now and I don't know how that's gonna fit into the schedule so we'll see what happens but either way very happy to be here and to just be eating all of it. I love that you decided to go because of a restaurant like because of the food like literally you wait and you're like my plane ticket i think that's literally how it was within the week of eating that meal because we were going to chile anyways and it's just up it was actually a four or five hour flight mm. from country to country oh. because it is pretty far which i feel like you wouldn't really expect but it was a bit of a long flight but we were just like okay after chile we're going to peru which actually made no sense at all because then i have to go back to the south of South America afterwards. So it didn't really make sense, but it doesn't matter if the food's good. Honestly, I would go just for the food. I've heard so many good things about, about Peru. And I have like a friend that lives in Lima and also it looks amazing, amazing. I really, really wanted to visit. And of course, like the most like Machu Picchu and everything. Really, really want to go. I feel like it's really interesting because when you are doing like the digital nomad type of thing, at some point this week, for example, I was really wanting, like I had some sort of like deadlines between Monday and Tuesday, but in general, I tried to like clean up my schedule, clear up my schedule so I could really enjoy the sun and, and Nice and everything. Thank God it was like just a short trip, you know, because then I was able to kind of rearrange everything. But now Thursday, I had like all of my calls, like it's 8 p.m. right now and I still have work to do and I started early. Tomorrow, I also have a lot of calls and work to do and everything, but it's fine because, you know, I know that I did it on purpose kind of, but that's the whole thing about the digital nomad is like eventually like you landed in Peru with a lot of work to do and now it's like, what do you do? How do you prioritize having the work and doing everything that you need to do, but at the same time, having the possibility to discover new food places and like the really big tourists like explore it's definitely an interesting balance and you know i know a lot of nomads who are really in the nomad lifestyle and not just starting they'll tell you that yeah it looks glamorous and it looks like i'm traveling all the time over 50 percent of that most of the time if not more than 50 percent easily is not so glamorous and it's you sitting at a computer and doing what you need to do and growing your business so that you can do what you enjoy and have something for your own, but also have the money to sustain this lifestyle. I think, you know, that's definitely something that every nomad has to go through and people starting out on this journey don't really see that side of things. My partner and I, like we are here eight hours a day so far, like every day that we've been here, we'll go for a little walk, which is nice. Yesterday we went for a really nice walk. There's a mall right on the coast. It's really cute. They have, there's Christmas trees up now, which is really nice to see, even though it's a bit early, but it's really cool. It's it's nice to like have a little break for an hour or two and go for a walk and get some exercise, but like it's just, that's been crazy. So 
After this, I'm going to Paraguay for a month and then we are going to Mexico and we're just going to chill in Mexico. I don't know. We might be there for three months. We might be there for six months. Oh, but we're just going to chill for a bit because we both have growing business. It's really difficult to find the time to continue growing it and to, you know, get on calls and work with clients and answer all of the emails that come through and then create content when we also have travel priorities. So it'll be nice to like chill for a little bit and then get back on the road and probably a different format than what we're doing now. Probably have like a a hub and then travel from that place. To be honest, I that's something that I felt a lot and it's one of the reasons why I think that I decided to stay here for like an indefinite period of time. I still love traveling and I want to travel from and you know like from here and everything same time i feel like it's really about like when you are a digital nomad you have to understand kind of like your priorities and your values and sometimes you value the groundiness aspect of life over the traveling and constant shifting around so you can get certain things that are in your priority list done so then you can move on to the next step and things like that i totally agree with you and i think because one thing that i found when i was traveling a lot was that a lot of the time your mind is just occupied like the big real estate part of your mind is occupied with quote-unquote survival mode of where am i going to sleep where am i going to eat which is basically like the basis of human survival instinct. And that occupies so much space and so much that ends up eating a lot of your time and a lot of your brain and a lot of your energy because we are wired to like worry, quote unquote, about survival. So if we're constantly worrying about survival, then in when we're actually not having all of the survival things, then we're constantly like kind of worrying about it and everything. We definitely feel that too, you know, like we will be traveling and then we get somewhere new and it's great and like we have the Airbnb situated sometimes it doesn't work out so we have to get in a big debate with Airbnb and the owner and find a new place and that's annoying when that happens but then we have to find like where to eat and where to get groceries actually here we're probably not even going to get groceries because it's just more expensive to get groceries honestly and like I in our last place so we cooked a lot in Chile I didn't really try too much of the Chilean food, but I think it's a lot of meat. It usually is. I then go to the grocery store and I was just so over dishes and preparing food and like going to the grocery store almost every single day, quite honestly. Like I was just so over it. So here I'm like, no, I'm not cooking. I'm not doing it. But then you have to find, okay, where's the restaurants? Like, where can I order on the apps? Like, where can I get some fresh fruit? So it is like kind of coming to terms with everything. And then a month later you leave. So there's definitely like that added struggle when you do travel like not that it's fast travel but like faster travel i've been enjoying really my time here being more kind of grounded you know and being like knowing my grocery store and now i'm becoming like friends with the people in the grocery store and then like i'm having my two indoor cycling place that i go indoor cycle every week and i'm making becoming friends with the teacher you know so i'm i'm having like my kind of go to places and it's so nice to feel the sensation and i've been really recently wanting to get a dog like obsessed with dogs right now oh you did it it's so funny you say that because i also really would love to have a dog but like it's just too hard living the way that we live at least maybe for you it's a little bit easy yeah exactly because i don't know what's gonna happen in some months from now some years i'm not gonna get a dog and then what do i do with this dog you know i don't know but i just really miss i've been thinking about putting myself in this kind of 
bed sitting platforms just so I can have a dog. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because I've literally thought the exact same thing. And oh, I'm so excited. I'm like pet sitting my friend's little kitten for a week oh, in Paraguay. No. And so I'm happy about that because like I... I, we have a cat at home and I never get to be around pets. So I'm like, okay, this will be like my little pet just for a week. And then I have to say goodbye to it. That's like definitely a struggle. And I know some nomads do travel with pets, but for me, I just, I was talking to a nomad just this past week and she was talking to me about how she travels with her cats, um, but they, they do only stay usually like a year in a place. Oh, okay. So they've been in Greece for the last year. But still, like she was saying, it was so interesting. Basically, they have to go back to America before they move somewhere every single time. If they're moving from like Greece to Romania, then they have to go Greece to America, America to Romania, because otherwise the cats are going to be imported from Greece to Romania. Whereas if she goes to the States first, then the cats are imported from the States. And like she knows what the vaccine requirements are and the documentation is for the States instead of every single country having to figure it out again. And I was just like, that is an added level that I do not need in my yeah, life. Honestly, like if it's one month or like one year, okay. But then even... Like, and then you have to, if, if you want to go for like two weeks somewhere or something, you have to figure it out, figure out what you're going to do with the pet. Like, you're going to leave it with some, I don't know. But yeah, I res honestly, I respect people who do that. I don't think I would be able to, but I really miss having like a little dog. Oh my God, I look at dogs on the streets and I'm like. Oh, me too. So I have been, especially when we're chilling in Mexico for a little bit we'll probably do some house sitting but if anyone's listening who knows house sitting in Mexico or in France then hit us up all of our links are below but this was a great episode this was a really good catch-up episode I'm glad to hear that you even if it wasn't your favorite place got to explore a little bit more of France there's always lots of fun in that and learning about new cities and what people are like there Peru has been really, really fun. I mean, a lot more to explore. We just got here. Hopefully we're not sitting behind the computer like we have been for the last few days, but we'll see what happens. Catch up. Thank you for joining us here. And all of our links are below. You can check out Cammy's YouTube for her blogs. If you want to keep posted there, all of my links, my YouTube, my Instagram are also linked below on my YouTube. I go more into detail about different residency, citizenship, and tax optimization programs in countries around the world. If you are looking to leave your home country and optimize your global situation, whatever that may look like, feel free to check out my YouTube and we will see you in next Friday's episode of Digital Nomad Digest. You've just listened to the Work, Wealth and Travel podcast. If anything from this episode resonated with you, I would appreciate if you share this podcast on your socials. And of course, be sure to tag me. And don't forget to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Thank you for joining me on this global citizen journey, and I'll see you in the next episode.